Fantasy Draft, the only rake-free daily fantasy site, brings the heat again with a $350,000 guaranteed rake-free contest, the Hooters Main Event. This is the largest and only rake-free contest of its kind you will find for Week 8. And remember, only on Fantasy Draft are 100% of entry fees paid to contest winners. Sign up at FantasyDraft.com with referral code FFPARTY, and you'll get a free 7-day trial membership. The trio behind Fanball's original pants party in the mid-2000s have reunited for insightful fantasy football advice, entertaining analysis, and a few dated comedic cultural references. Let's put our pants on. Absolutely. Stay here for lineup help, free agent recommendations, DFS advice, and everything else you need to win your league and run with the big dogs. Resurrecting what was once greatness. This is the Fantasy Football Party Podcast, featuring Sport Radar's Bo Mitchell and John now, here's Anthony Maggio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to week eight of the World Series. No, week eight of the NFL season. The World Series is on here at JL Beers. It's so distracted. Seems, seems like week eight of the World Series. <laughs> We've got Timberwolves basketball on here. We've got a packed house here at JL Beers. So you got to come out Wednesday at 730 in Burnsville. This is a place to be. John Tuvey, Bo Mitchell are here. Anthony Maggio also here. That's me. How are you fellas doing? I'm doing peachy. Yep, I'm good. Just took a sip of my beer. I'm, I'm swell. Your Grain Belt Premium? Yes. I didn't mean How'd to you mow guess? your lawn there. Tuvi and I both have some exquisite options today. You say that as if Green Belt Premium is not exquisite. Um, I would use Regal, I think, for wow, Green Belt Regal. Premium. I like that word. The Regal Beagle. <laughs> the old uh, Three's Company bar. <laughs> I'm drinking uh, the Brewery Vermont Sticky Maple. Anytime they bring you the... The beer, and it comes in the smaller glass because they can't legally serve you more than that. Uh, <laughs> and it, the uh, alcohol by volume is yeah. stretched off the page. That's that's a good sign. It's, I was saying before the show, this is an excellent breakfast beer. Yeah, I could picture sitting down with a stack of flapjacks, hmm. you know, maybe like a pound of bre- bacon. Would yeah. you use then, that in place of syrup for your flapjacks? Oh, I don't know why you wouldn't. You said it's really. sticky. I mean, I often drink syrup, just like in uh, Super yeah. Troopers. Yeah. So. Why, why wouldn't you? Good thing you didn't order hash browns. Um, well, and we should note the brewery, B-R-U-E-R-Y, in case anyone's looking for it. It's, it's, it's brewery. owned by Randy Brewer, I'm Vermont? pretty sure. Is it? No. I have no idea. No, it's probably not right either. It's our Where's, first, first lie of the podcast right there. Where's our narrator? Start keeping track. I need, we need a split screen on the podcast. To, when, I, when I say stuff like that, put up the Constitution. Like, no, no. Tuvi's lying. We're going we're gonna to charge into the kitchen later and ask them why Randy Brewer doesn't own this beer and why they're leaving us out of that whole process to begin with. Um, I am, uh, what am I going with here? This is really, really good. The Harpoon Brewery UFO Pumpkin. Y'all know I'm a pumpkin beer guy. and You always have been. I, I, ever since I was little. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, this is, I've never had this one before and it's very good. Like we're talking favorites among pumpkin wow. beers good. And so, like you said, good. you are a connoisseur of pumpkin beers. It's true. You know how on Facebook they have the, like, memory pictures that show up for you? Like, mm-hmm. oh, four years ago today, whatever. Yeah. I had one from um, my daughter's five. Now I had one from three years ago, and it was her sitting in the cart at the liquor store holding a bomber of pumpkin beer. Nice. Excellent. I had to take her with me shopping. That's good parenting. She had a big yes. smile on her yeah. face holding the orange bottle. Right. Yeah. This is before or after she drank. so cute. It was uh, after, I suppose, she's just sleeping. <laughs> I suppose. But I did not. 
I did not, for the record, feed her any uh, pumpkin two. beer. Nor, keep nor, track at home, nor have I to this point. So there you go. The worst thing I've given her is Tabasco. Um, <laughs> that was, well, she was. <laughs> this oh, sounds like a story. That was like a Dairy Queen story. Well, no, she thought she was like wanting, I can't remember what it was for, but like I'm like, this is not ketchup. You can't have it. And she was getting belligerent, like angry and mean to me. Right, and I wow. finally said, suppose, fine, yeah. here's a drop. Here you and go. She, she was, I think, three. <laughs> and she cried for a while, but then she hasn't asked for it. Since. That'll learn her. I'm like, don't be mean to me. And I, I don't know. Now parent services or child services is going to come get me. But it was literally only a drop. She was fine. Yikes. Going to have to edit that part out of the show. Um, immediate regrets. The first three minutes of this podcast. Um, uh, every podcast. <laughs> the Party Podcast now continues with... I immediately regret this decision. Let's find out what moves Maggio, Mitchell, and Tubi feel remorse over. Um, who wants to go first today? We'll do immediate regrets. I'll go first, since uh, mine's usually less actionable than everybody else's. Um, in addition to not getting hockey lineups in on Saturday, I had, I had other stuff going on, and all of a sudden... They're facing off, and I, I don't have lineups in, so I missed opportunity. But uh, along those same lines, weather is always a factor, and I, I tend to figure they're going to play through it. But yeah. as, as we'll probably talk about in 50-50, having the San Francisco passing game stack going <laughs> in rough. a monsoon <laughs> in D.C., <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that when they when they cut to uh, you know everybody's under a tarp, and I'm like, ah, that that's probably not going to work out too well for me. So uh, I regret not checking out the uh, the DC weather in time, or contacting Bo, our resident meteorologist. You know, weather games, the heavy precip games like that don't always result in outcomes like that. They don't. I mean, Tom Brady, th- that one that I kind of base all this on is Tom Brady throwing, what, five touchdowns in a snowstorm yeah, against Tennessee? I mean, they, they usually tend to play through it. This one, it, there were plenty of other reasons, and that maybe was the, the straw that broke the camel's back. But, uh, you know, I hopefully you didn't listen too closely to the 50-50 segment where I had Garoppolo, Pettis, and Goodwin going yeah. because I think that yeah. was a combined – Zero. I think I, I actually had Goodwin. I, I think you only in had lineup. You I, had Pettis and Jimmy. I think maybe you did have Goodwin. Yes, I blame you. Um, <laughs> there you go. I, part of the well, part of the issue there is that those are two run-heavy teams anyway. So when you factor in, if that you give them a reason to heavy, run. Yep. Part, like yeah, if it were two passing teams, it probably there, that rain was hard enough that it would have impacted them. But those yeah, those squads. Not a not a chance. I think the other takeaway here, though, is not to overreact to that game. Think going forward right. that you know, like, as we alluded to, look back at heavy precipitation, rain, snow, sleet, sneet, whatever. You, uh, doesn't always result in games like that. In fact, it usually doesn't. It's it's wind you have to look out for. As as bon- Bono once said, "Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, I won't get fooled again." Yep, he said that. That's, a, that's three. Uh, if you're another lie. I think that's four <laughs> thus far. Maybe, maybe three. We'll say three. Bo, uh, my immediate regret is too much Danny effing dimes last week. I had him in one super flex lineup and a good number of DFS lineups stacked with Evan Engram. Oh, that hurts. That matchup was great on paper against the Cardinals. You know, looked looked outstanding. But uh, Danny Dimes has been very Danny disappointment since his first Ooh, game. Oh, I like that. We need to trademark that. I'm going to. 336 yards, two touchdowns in that first start. And since then, over the past month, he's averaged 198 yards, one touchdown, and nearly two interceptions per game. 
in those four games. They should uh, almost go to the backup there. Who's the backup in New York? <laughs> Elisha. <laughs> Elisha disappointment. Like for the, like disappointment. the briefest of moments when you said that, I was like, <laughs> the were, backup. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know what we're, I know what we're doing Sims? here. Phil Sims? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's that's my regret. Uh, the, the, the magic has quickly worn off the Danny Dimes, and he will heretofore be known yeah. as Danny Disappointment <laughs> to me for the rest of the season. Even though I still have him in a super flex league, and I have to use him this week. <laughs> you just repeat this for next week. So it'll be great. Yep. Um, for me, it was I did not use – I had several cash lineups in various slates, um, and Latavius Murray was not in a single one of them. And that was a big, big mistake. I in And looking back – so. It's not like he was just this cheap option that was a you know no brainer based on his price, um, and when you combine that aspect with uh, my Bears blinders, I guess um, that was enough. Where it's not like I didn't consider him or didn't look at him, but I was like this this isn't a I, I didn't feel compelled to put him in the lineup. Len- Leonard Fournette was my first cash game running back, and a I solid, still believe solid call. with with you know that was the right call but oh absolutely you know from there i'm looking at barkley and i'm looking at dalvin cook and i'm like i gotta you know Ooh. i felt like i wanted to get one of those guys in and so it you know murray just became someone who, who just fell off the radar based on that process and you know the the bears run defense has not been good um you know josh jacobs ran all over them in in oakland and they hadn't been good well. before that Keem Hicks that's, no longer. That, I mean, that's, uh, yeah. that's where you look. Is if, if Hicks IR. is in the lineup, you don't want any part of that Bears run defense. He's out of the lineup. It's a whole new ballgame. And it's not, I mean, we knew Mitch wasn't going to run up the score on, on the Saints <laughs> on anybody, <laughs> but the Saints defense for sure. So it's not like they're going to phase a running back out of the game. And that's just not what the Saints do anyway. Even when they're in occasions when they're down, they throw to the running back and you know, Zach Zenner and Dwayne Washington weren't exactly guys that are going to be fighting for uh, meaningful touches in that backfield. Uh, go, you know, uh, in that in that hey, game. Zenner had one carry for one yard. Yes, one. Yeah, Uno. Uh, it, it just, I'm. I was really. It, sometimes you look at the outcome and it's like, then that makes you feel like it was an even, you know, worse mistake than it actually was. In this case, I mean, even if he would have had, you know, just ten points. I probably wouldn't have identified the process as being wrong the way I have because he scored, but it still would have been just as wrong because of the usage in the pass game, the just the heavy, heavy workload there, and the fact that that team was going to, you know, he was going to be involved regardless of game situation. It's just, it is poor. Bad, was, uh, bad for me. I was right there with you, though. I don't. I considered him for 50-50 last week. I don't think any of us used him for 50-50 last week. Pretty pretty sure. Latavius, he wasn't yeah. available for 50-50, yeah, he was he? he sure was. He sure was last week. Mm. And uh, we also got a question on him at, uh, at the podcast Twitter handle, er, yeah. and the three of us, from one of our listeners who we steered wrong for the second week in a row by telling him to, to maybe not Thank start you. Murray and start Ann Johnson instead. So. And Again. I don't. I don't think Carry On was a bad start necessarily. Right but up until he got hurt. Right up. Yeah. yeah. yeah but 
Well, uh, there were mistakes were certainly made <laughs> this week. There's uh, there's no doubt about that. So we uh, we try to live and learn, move on from them, and we eat our chicken jalapeno burger while Bo tells us the news. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and okay, listen. Okay, I'll tell you the news. Speaking of Kerry Ann Johnson, he'll lead us off. He's got that knee injury that ends his season for the most part for all intents and purposes he's eligible to come back off injured reserve in week 16 just in time for your championship game not that you're going to start him that week anyways second year in a row he's uh been lost for the season to a knee injury patrick mahomes of course uh another knee injury are you are you should i wait there you go he's sidelined for an indeterminate uh number of weeks it's going to be kind of a week-to-week thing with him. Drew Brees with his thumb injury practicing. Might be back this week. We don't know. Why? Teddy's undefeated. Teddy may never lose again. And I believe then they have their bye week uh, next week, I, I think. Is you are correct. Out. So uh, why not rest him another week? But I think uh, there's at least a chance that Brees starts to keep track of that. Alvin Kamara, high ankle sprain. Maybe less uh, less a chance to start uh, for Kamara, but keep an eye on yeah, that too. I was seeing some things today that it's actually starting to trend in the right direction. Well, they for did him. let uh, Zach Zenner go. They did, so that's a very very yeah. good sign. He's yeah. now with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Matt Ryan, of course, left last week's game with that ankle injury, and right now, as we record this on Wednesday night, it's looking positive for him that he will play. But keep an eye. Until on you look that. at his O line. And then it's still not looking so great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of the Falcons, Mohamed Sanu traded by the Falcons to the New England Patriots this week because Josh Gordon was put on injured reserve by the Patriots due to knee bruises. And another trade this week, Emmanuel Sanders was dealt to the 49ers. By the way, trade deadline is next Tuesday, October 29th, and there's a whole bunch of Names being floated about uh, in addition to Sanders and Sanu that could be on the move. Maybe we could uh, bat some of those around. Uh, staying with wide receivers, Adam Thielen already ruled out for the Thursday night game with the Vikings and the Washington mm-hmm. racist team name. <laughs> and uh, Will Fuller has a hamstring injury again. So no. he's, he's not going to be out there. And Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold with the toe injury, missing some practice time this week. And I have to wonder if he injured it dodging ghosts against the oh, Patriots. Did, yeah, he did might you have, have that ready. Well, you didn't tell me you were bringing it up just now. Well, wow, had, it's it on the on list. The script. I don't. Are you paying attention? Come on, I, Dennis Quaid. Yeah. Everything we say is on the script. That's true. Hang on. Well, do vamp for me a little bit. <laughs> no, Some people might stuff. not know what uh, <laughs> what you're Sam talking Darnold? about. Sam Darnold when he, he he was mic'd up for the game against the Patriots and they caught him on the sidelines saying that he was seeing ghosts. Of course, the old football terminology where he's seeing things that aren't really there and he's being skittish and happy oh, feet. Oh, I thought he saw Jimmy Hoffa is the deal. Nope. No? No. no. Again, that could be construed as another lie here. He <laughs> <laughs> cranked up the Ghostbusters. <laughs> yes, he did. did. Wow, did we have to tap dance a long time <laughs> just to get a little well, Ray Parker the Jr. Internet and... You know, we've played Huey Lewis accidentally on this podcast before, and I feel like this is just going to anger him more. But what do you do? Does Why? Huey listen? 
Why was I he so. angry that we played him? We we devoted like well, three shows Ray, to him. As, as Ray Parker Jr. can attest, he's not exactly uh, you know forthright well, with his use. Or, uh, forthright's the we, wrong we word. We didn't steal the, uh, his song and make millions <laughs> off of it. We we, we play, have not yet made our little. millions on the show. You are right about that. All right, let's start back at the top. Uh, we started talking about Kerryon Johnson with the Lions. He's out. So, what's the fallout from that? Will they go back to being the Lions we knew and loved and Matthew Stafford throwing? Yeah, as soon as they cross the 50. Time, yeah, well, <laughs> throwing as soon as he steps into the building, I think. Because um, J.D. McKissick is a better pass catcher than a runner. Ty Johnson might fall into that same bit. You know, Trey Carson, that's... Um, Paul Perkins was signed off their practice. Oh, that's, he's a great defender on the low post. Oh, no, it's a different Paul <laughs> I mean, Perkins. it's Kendrick's Perkins. Kendrick Perkins, right? No. Yeah. Paul Perkins played at Kansas? Hoops? Paul Pierce? Oh, yeah, that's the guy. <laughs> How about Glenn Perkins? He was a heck of a closer. Uh, good one. <laughs> Some helpful short, short answer, football. Short answer. Actionable I, advice I know here. Somebody in your league spent 95% of their budget on Ty Johnson, and that's probably the way to go, but huh? I don't know that he's going to get you anything resembling the carry on Johnson numbers, and I think. The, if Stafford's available in, in a league where you are going to need mm-hmm. to spot start a quarterback or play two quarterbacks, um, his numbers are going to He's trend He's a QB1 upward. anyway right now. He's a top 12 quarterback. And nobody huh? treats him like that, but nope. yes, I agree. Um, they, speaking of the trade deadline, they're, they're a team to, to watch for uh, possibly trading for a running back, too. Kenyon Drake. <clears throat> yeah, maybe. There's, there's a reason I'm hanging on to Kenyon Drake in our dynasty. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's move on to the big quarterback news of the week. Patrick Mahomes with that knee that they had to pop back into place on the field. Sideline for who knows how long. The takeaway here, obviously, just have to hold your breath and wait for Mahomes to come back. But what do you do with your Chiefs players in the interim while Matt Moore is under center? Matt Moore seemed to step right in and... and keep things humming I, like i think we talked about a little bit last week you don't reach for the third and fourth receivers as aggressively as maybe you did when well yeah you don't need to, you don't there. need to even keep them rostered at this point yeah. and yeah. and that backfield rotation i think it's kind of played out but i'm not panicking on i guess not because of the quarterback we, we discussed their schedule going forward and that that's probably enough reason but maybe they get a little uptick with the potential of Mahomes coming back, and you're able to unload those guys. You know, maybe that's how you take advantage of the news. I wonder if Travis Kelsey doesn't see a few more targets, just because they're not going to be able to play the vertical game they they, you know, like to play with Mahomes there. Mm-hmm. You know, if, he's probably going to be less efficient, but I wonder if he doesn't make up for it with with a few more targets or more, and maybe that helps. You know, when they're in the red zone and he gets in the end zone a couple more times. I could have dropped Damian Williams in one of my leagues this week. Holding on to him, I think, one more game just to see. He's been getting like one, two touches per game. But with Matt Moore, I think there might be a little more emphasis on the running game while Patrick Maybe. Mahomes is out. Maybe. I, ha- I have the luxury of, of waiting around for a week just to see what transpires. And there. I think that's a not, sh- not Not holding my breath. I, I, not expecting much. He, he, he's, in, in most cases... Williams probably is droppable at this point he's, because he's he's getting touchdowns here and there, but that is it. Well, he had so I mean he had the injury, you know, that he came back from. Now I mean it's been three games, but he 
he had 12 opportunities, ended up with 11 touches, nine carries and two receptions. Now he didn't do jack with him uh, in that Denver game. But I I don't know that, it, yes, if, if it's like you need to play someone now and there's a good you know option on waivers for whatever reason, right. I think you can make the case to drop him in case, of, you know, it just – you're yeah, pulling I mean, out all the stops. That but. combined with their lousy schedule and Matt Moore under center, uh, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, anyways. Not uh, good, Bob. Not good, Bob. Not good. Uh, same situation, just keep an eye on that. Same with the Falcon situation with Matt Ryan. Although Seems like they, you, you they aggressively play. traded away their best backup quarterback. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> they they well, got a good let's, return let's, for him, though. That's true. They got let's a talk about pick. that. The, the Patriots give give up a second round pick from Mohamed Sanu that leaves Kelvin Ridley with a wide open door there in Atlanta and anytime he gets more into the passing mix and gets targets he blows up so Kelvin Ridley I think is the big beneficiary here other than well Mohamed Sanu we'll have to see how that plays out he won't have to battle Josh Gordon for targets in New England anymore I thought he'd be replacing Tom Brady uh, He's got a perfect pass next rating. year when Brady's eventually <laughs> next year when, when Brady's forty eight and well has when Brady moves on rings, because yeah. according to Adam Schefter he's not going to be a Patriot next year maybe wow yeah there was a oh, that's was that NBC Sports had put his Brady house on the, the market yeah. his his trainers <laughs> put his house on the market he's on a one year deal so clearly Tom Brady. No longer a New England Patriot after this year. Yeah, there's some dynasty actionable information right there. <laughs> if you're rostering a 47 year old quarterback, yeah. I think you know. With I think Austin Hooper might see another target or two as well with Sanu gone. And really, in terms of the kinds of routes Sanu runs, I'm more. To, to me, all this does is solidify Austin Hooper's floor, which already was among the best, uh, you know, in the league. I, yeah, I think Ridley gets another target or two. I don't think that you know the way we've been sort of reaching for Muhammad Sanu in 50 50 the first four or five weeks of the season. I don't think we're going to be doing that with your you know Justin Hardy's of the world or no, uh, was no. it Russell Gage or whoever that guy, or but, other but what guy if, is. What if it's Schaub over Ryan? I mean, does that do you still are you still excited about Ridley's prospects? Does no. it dampen Hooper no, no. at all? Damp- no, you, you still have to start Julio obviously, but Ridley is becomes more of a. Ugh. Very hit or miss. Tight end, such a wasteland anyway that I think you still, you're, you likely right. don't have a better option than Hooper anyway. So you pretty much have to thoughts and prayers uh, on that one. <laughs> uh, Emmanuel Sanders to the San Francisco 49ers. Well, that helps Jimmy Garoppolo. Where was does. that a week ago when I wouldn't have had to chase Pettis and Goodwin and Devo Samuel and all those guys? Emmanuel Sanders can catch passes in the rain. I'd bet on it. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> how's, I just took how's a giant bite of food. How's that burger? Chicken sandwich is delicious. Oh, the gelatino okay. chicken. I'm about to choke on some bacon. Hang on. All right, you choke on the bacon. I, I'm excited about Sanders, and, and the reason he was less expensive is uh, Sanu's got another year left on his deal, so he'll be there for the uh, transition from Brady to whoever they yeah. trade for the first overall. Tua? Is Tua going to uh, to the Patriots? Thank for Tua. Yep. Sanders, does, yeah, he's a free agent, like you said. I Honestly, I don't love this. I think that it's it's a lateral move probably for uh, for Sanders from a production standpoint because he was already in a very um, sort of condensed target situation with with him and Cortland Sutton. You know, Noah Fan was getting a little bit, Deshaun Hamilton right. getting a tiny bit, but it's not. He, w- I don't know that this opens the door to additional targets because while he's in a better offensive situation overall with a better but not incredible quarterback 
there's there are it's a team that wants to run the ball. And, you know, yeah, Pettis is, and Debo Samuel and Marquise Goodwin aren't, you know, fantasy options except in the very deepest of formats. They're still there, and they're still going to get a few few looks. So, you know, if I'm a Sanders owner, I'm I'm overall not, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that this is just an as-good situation, but it very easily could be worse. Hmm. I think most people's initial – kind of knee-jerk reaction to this was, oh, great move for Sanders. Well, you go to a better team. It's a good move for him personally, but for fantasy well, owners, I don't For think fantasy it. owners, as you point out, might not be. I mean, even, though, even though, as you point out, you look at Joe Flacco in that last game, just couldn't have looked more done and disinterested <laughs> with playing the game of football. Right. I mean, he was just, looked like he wanted to be anywhere else but yeah. there. And and with Denver, I mean, Cortland Sutton get, was getting a ton of the air yards anyway. I think he's going to be fine really yeah. Deshaun the big winner here is Deshaun Hamilton yeah maybe. and and he's a low you know average depth of target type player so you know you're gonna like him in PPR leagues um a, you know somebody you can pick up in that situation but a lower ceiling type of player whereas I think Emmanuel Sanders can make a few more plays had he you know stayed in Denver uh the Adam Thielen situation I believe we're gonna get to a little bit more in our 50-50 segment so we'll leave that for now just don't play him. Uh, Will Fuller, hamstring injury out again. When you start Will Fuller and David Johnson in a uh, in a guillotine league, don't expect to be playing uh, the next week. No, that's uh, head in the basket right there. Mm-hmm. If, I think we said a few shows back that uh, when, not if, when Will Fuller gets hurt, there was a certain someone on that roster who was a good play that mm-hmm. uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to talk about. In he might be mentioned as well. Yeah. Sam Darnold. My only takeaway from this is that uh, now is the perfect time. There will never be a better time to buy low on any Jets that you, that you want to get. Sale is on. <laughs> because the rest of their schedule, beyond well, the Patriots game, they have, the Jaguars are pretty tough. But beyond this week, then it gets really simple, as we've pointed out ad nauseum in past weeks. And uh, Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson – and even Le'Veon Bell owners, to a certain extent, are like, enough. If, if they don't look at the schedule ahead, they might be uh, ready to pull the plug. Um, speaking of trades, though, a lot of trade speculation between now and next Tuesday when the trade deadline is. Guys like A.J. Green, Tyler Eifert, Giovanni Bernard, Austin Hooper, who we just got done talking about, Adrian Peterson, Kenyon Drake, who we mentioned, Devontae Parker's been mentioned, Robbie Anderson, who we just talked about, O.J. Howard. All of these guys are being brought up in potential trade discussions. So are there any of these guys that you're looking at that uh, you might make a move on, either trading away or trading for in anticipation of a move at the trade deadline next Tuesday? Howard strikes me as the guy who has the biggest upside and lowest value right now. Um, But I don't... You know, the, the Seahawks tried that with Jimmy Graham and with mixed results. I think they're such a run-heavy team. They would want a more combo tight end than, than a true pass-catching tight end like mm-hmm. Howard. I don't know. Or, they, you know, Russell Wilson loved throwing Will Disley. Oh, well, I, I don't, yeah. yeah. But but couldn't Disley do a little bit more yeah. than Howard? I, yeah. I, I don't have in my scouting reports game. in front of me. you got to believe the Packers are in the market for 
a Devontae Parker. I mean, go big, A.J. Green. What if A.J. Sure. Green ends up Yeah, in we didn't Green mention Bay? their wide receivers, but, I mean, it's they're all right now minute-to-minute, minute, I think. It's just <laughs> <laughs> Valdez Scanlon and they had, Geronimo Allison. Oakland made them all look amazing. Devontae Adams <laughs> is just all who knows. Yeah, it's, uh, Kenyon Drake's the one who stands out to me just because of the position he plays. I mean, Giovanni Bernard maybe, but I don't necessarily see him. I see him being, if he gets traded, it's so that he can be a 1B at best. Um, you know, or a, very, you a know, Duke a Johnson solid to Duke. a Carlos Hyde type mm-hmm. of guy. Something like that, yeah. Whereas with Kenyon Drake, uh, multiple coaching regimes now have decided to not make him a bell cow, you know, workhorse type back. And, and there is something, I mean, that means there's something there. There's whatever the reason is. We're talking is. about Dolphins brain trust making well, that decision. So. Fair. And and this year, what are they really playing for anyway? So you can you can explain your way out of it, certainly, <laughs> um, if, you, if you like Drake. But if he becomes a 1A somewhere, which I think he could. Maybe um, Detroit. May, exactly. Now, I don't, you know, Drake's a guy who's generally good in the, you know, passing game. Detroit's a team that may need more of a of a you know banger type, yeah. Um, but yeah, I there I think that there the the upside is there at, at such a weak position. Now you could you know OJ Howard as well. Tight ends a bad t- tough position too. So maybe that becomes the most important if he moves because of having six viable tight ends week to week <laughs> instead of five is you know uh, certainly a higher percentage uh, increase than. You know Drake adding to the running back stable, running back twos, but man, that'd be nice to have uh, to be able to have a plug and play uh, like Kenyon Drake in an offense like Detroit's. What about as Minnesota folks? They were talking about moving Kyle Rudolph right after they draft Irv Smith. Mm-hmm. Does he go to Seattle? I mean, what what can you get from Seattle? I, I think if you're trading within your division with the team that All potentially right. you're going to run into in the postseason, you're going to be asking for more than a fifth round pick. Yeah. Keep an eye on the Bengals. I think they could be unloading Eifert. people <laughs> next Monday. AJ Green, Eifert, Giovanni Bernardo, any of those guys I think could be on the, on the move. Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton could be on the move. <laughs> well, to the bench. Can't, can't rule it out. All right. Uh, I think that's all the news that we have time for. <laughs> yeah, we still and got a lot some. to get to. What do we got next? Fantasy Labs. Oh, of course we've got Fantasy Labs next. Shoot, you... Chuvi, you should be the one talking Fantasy Labs uh, today, considering how you did in blue line last night, right? They, they set a vast majority. Well, I don't want to say they set my lineup, but they tipped me off on a vast majority of my blue line lineup that uh, finished second in last night's uh, contest on Fantasy Draft. And the guy that I, I went like one spot down on the model that I've created to, uh, you know, because mm-hmm. I got a soft spot in my heart for Bo. And yeah. Anytime Bo Horvat's an option, I, I put Bo Horvat oh, in lineup, and he for sure. rewarded me with yeah. a hat trick last night. Wow. So nice. That was uh, that's what Bo does. That was <laughs> Bo, Bo, knows, Bo hockey. knows hockey, absolutely. <laughs> so, like I said, an idiot like me can set models that you know. Like I talked about, I value consistency. Um, I, I value you know in various different factors. You go through the list, you check off. Hey, I. I like running backs that can catch the ball versus guys that just run. You know, whatever your Jones happens to be, you can set the model accordingly, and then they run the number. They do the heavy lifting. I don't have to take off my shoes anymore and count on my toes, which my <laughs> wife and kids are yeah. thrilled about. Yeah, and they yeah, we don't you... like it when you do that at work. Either. I know, I know. I'm trying yep. to quit. From Julio to Ronald, they've got your Joneses covered. Exactly, and they give you a lineup that you can work with, and and if it's not perfect, you can still look at that model because it. 
the value that we talk about in mm-hmm. 50-50. They give you that value number. You're like, I'm going to go one spot down and plug in the guy that gets the hat trick yeah. and wins me some cash. Yeah, and uh, well, you talk about value, and it's a great value when you use the code FFP. Or, or no, 10 off. Sorry, that's the wrong. I've got all my code screwed up. Yeah, and one, FFP isn't even the F- right code. 10 off. No, it's not. 10 off. One zero OFF at uh, Fantasy Labs. That gets you $10 off their trial membership. So we highly recommend you go check them out. But, you know, whatever. That's what I, I was taking over to the whatever segment. That's whatever. what I did there. Whatever. Um, we've got a lot of whatevers to talk about, actually. I want to hear uh, Bo talk about his whatever first. Well, my whatever uh, involves Melvin Gordon. I'm a Melvin Gordon owner in a dynasty league, and uh, let's say there's a certain amount of concern right now um, after watching him not only get stuffed at the goal line but fumble at the goal line in last week's game, which always leads to the speculation of, huh, maybe going forward Melvin Gordon won't get those goal line touches as often anymore. And that's a bad thing because... I don't know. The Chargers don't seem to learn things. (laughs) (laughs) There is that to a certain extent. Um, You can't trade Melvin Gordon right now if you own him because his value is low. low. Uh, So now you're left to hold him and question whether to start him. And it used to be he's just an automatic play. If he's healthy and he's not holding out, he's in your lineup. Uh, I'm in the position now of questioning that and if he's maybe not going to get some of these goal line mm-hmm. looks going forward or maybe not as many because of getting stuff because of the fumble problems maybe because of some offensive line issues that they're having there I don't know um, that really limits him because he had become more and more touchdown dependent for his fantasy value because he's splitting so many touches with Austin Eckler Eckler's getting more receptions and Believe it or not, the Chargers have not had a running back rush for even 70 yards in 14 straight games. Wow. That's going back almost a full season where they haven't had a running back rush for 70 yards in a game. So, you know, maybe he'll get traded at the I, trade deadline. Maybe. We didn't bring up his that name. Is. Maybe he's going to Detroit. But uh, I, I, Melvin Gordon owners out there, I'm, I'm sympathizing with you because I'm in the same boat. It's uh, We're kind of stuck with him right now to see what happens. First fumble since 2016. For Melvin? For Melvin. Just yeah. just throwing that out there. If you don't like it, just throw it right back. Well, I've got a few questions on this because and, I – And they have played – real quick, they have played three pretty good run defense since Melvin's come back. So if, if we take into account that maybe the coaching staff knows that and they knows that it was his first fumble in uh, three years – maybe we shouldn't overreact uh, to the Melvin Garden issues we saw last I, week. I am absolutely all for if you want to stick Melvin Gordon on your bench until he has a good game and then reconsider. I'm 100% on board with, with that theory, pending who else is on your team, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> what, I, what I'm curious about is, so we knew this offensive line was, was junk when we invested in our Melvin Gordon shares, right? Like that was part of the deal coming into this season. Now it's since gotten worse because – Pouncey's gone. Pouncey, Russell Okung yeah. is coming back this week. He's actually making a season debut at left tackle. So he was, you know, he's their best offensive lineman. They're getting him back this week. Um, well, they get the Bears, <clears throat> and apparently everybody can run, on the, Bears, everyone so can run on the Bears. Start all your Melvin Gordon you know, this week. You look at, you know, you, you could say foolishly so, um, and I would agree with you, Melvin Gordon's gotten 16, 11, and 18 touches in his three games back. 
Um, when, you know, meanwhile, Austin Eckler has continued to look yeah. like the better runner. Um, but if he's done this poorly and isn't losing the the faith of the, the like, what does he have to do to lose <laughs> faith in the of the this team? And and if they're if they are going to stick with him regardless, and they are getting Russell Okung back, and this is basically the worst Melvin Gordon's ever been, which I think we can all agree on. Even in the year his was that his rookie season, his he rookie didn't score season. a touchdown. He didn't score, but that I mean yeah. that was very much variance um, versus yeah. anything about Melvin Gordon as a runner. Should you be investing in Melvin Gordon right now? Should you be lowballing the heck out of Melvin Gordon owners yeah. and trading and and offering up some bench asset that could potentially help another team? Tell you or what, do you want to wash your hands of this and say I want no part if, of it? If somebody came at me in the league in which I have Melvin Gordon and it's a dynasty league, I'd and you guys are in this league, <laughs> <laughs> so you're hinting. I would at least listen. Whereas you know maybe last year I'd be like, Nah, I'm not trading Melvin Gordon. You guys high? Now I'd be, I'd be, huh? Depends on how low that low ball offer is, I guess. I mean, in Dynasty, he's, I mean, he's twenty five years old. Is that right? 20? And I hate selling. I, I will not sell low, but. And he also probably isn't going to be a Charger in two yeah. years. I mean, maybe not next year. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, I mean, it's a, it's a totally different conversation. Maybe they trade him at for, the trade deadline or in yeah, the offseason. For, for, for Dynasty, I think that you maybe make a more aggressive move, um, in in redraft. I. I'm not even saying, like, I'm advocating go buy low on Melvin Gordon. I'm just throwing that out there because I think it's an interesting discussion, really. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> That's why it's called whatever segment, right? All right. Tuvi, whatever would you like to talk about? I would like to talk about how we know. Horses. <laughs> 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 Hardly no, know this isn't this, even fantasy football related. No, it's absolutely. We touched on it this a little bit. Is, this is uh, this is the is chili soup. The or, saga of Chase oh. Edmonds and David Johnson. Oh, as, yeah. As a, well. as a David Johnson owner uh, with a, a favorable matchup staring him in the face, and all of the reports indicating he was basically on the same schedule as the week before, where he got some work in on Friday, and then he handled a good share of the touches and I scored once or twice and it was all teed up for another big game. And then, you know, if I I only, this was not my regret because we were going to talk about it here, but I saw Chase Edmonds get the one and I saw Chase Edmonds get the second one. And I thought, yeah, so much for any hope of David Johnson. We found out after the game was only going to play in a emergency situation. So, the question I want to throw well, out there is: They decided that after he start. <laughs> no, they decided that he started the game. He's, he's, he felt good enough in warmups. Then went out there. It didn't feel right. And I'm actually buying this story uh-huh. that he went out there and it, I do. Uh, he didn't feel right. Didn't look good. And so they pulled him off and said, "We'll use you if we need to the rest of the game." But for now, because I think Edmonds was their only other active back, if I'm not mistaken. You're not mistaken. Uh, so it was wow. Edmonds until something happened to him, and then Johnson back in there. But uh, I, I think this was a hell of an outlier of a right. of a fan, of a situation that had pretty it, major fantasy. It certainly had fantasy and Twitter off a oh, lot man, of people yeah. all over the place. <laughs> and and I, I think it leads to the discussion of you know what, how much can you trust the information that that you're being given? You know, I well in general. In, in, 
not much with, right. with, with coach when it comes to coaches. But but and so the explanation on this after the game to me at least made a lot of sense. It, it does make some sense, and and I think by throwing out there my process on, on actually getting burned by this and you know feeling like I did everything I could. You know, I, I checked multiple sources on game day. Right. Everything seemed to point towards you and every other David the Johnson same owner. plan as we saw last week, and then you get torched by three Chase Edmonds touchdowns. And I get and now, now maybe he's, ex- and now he's missing practice time this week again with with the leg and with the back too. Well, and, now now and you they know. Signed, and they signed Zach Zenner. <laughs> now that and, that's probably an even bigger key. <laughs> he they, he wasn't the only one they signed. They've signed a couple. Yeah, of they they grabbed some Alfred else Morris too. Yeah. I believe Alfred Morris. Yes. I, he's he's man. He's so what? ordinary. <laughs> the Jay, it's worth noting Jay Ajayi also tried out for the Cardinals, and they chose Alfred Morris over Jay wow. Ajayi. So that might tell you something about the Jay Ajayi rumors. Yeah. Uh, he might not be signing anywhere. Did he did he hop on a plane soon. to Detroit? <laughs> not think, as of this recording. No. I think the only way you could have sort of talked yourself into Chase Edmonds over David Johnson, if that was your choice, start one or start the other was this is the Giants, and we know they're terrible. And based on the fact that David Johnson is banged up, you know, they the week before against Atlanta, Edmonds had, he scored, he got seven touches in that game, turned him into 77 combo yards. The week before, he had over 80 combo yards and 11 touches. It's like, you know what? I know that I have this floor in Chase Edmonds, whereas David Johnson is this 0-40 to point game. And me in the situation I am in in my current, you know, roster construction is I would rather take the guaranteed seven with upside of 30 points if David Johnson goes out than the zero floor and 40. That To me, that's the only way you could have made that argument prior to the game. There's one other way that a uh, longtime friend of the program, Harley Schultz, uh, threw out there on Twitter, which was you set your lineup on Friday, <laughs> and then you went on a two-day bender, and you woke up after the game had started on Sunday <laughs> and thought, oh, man, I got Chase. Oh, yeah, I got Chase Edmonds <laughs> in my lineup. All right. Well, and on Friday, and this kind of lends a little credence to what Bo was saying about the, the post-game comments, is on Friday, Cliff Kingsbury said if the game were today, David Johnson wouldn't go. And couple that with them, you know, seeing him after his, you know, first carry after he started and saying, you know what, hit the pine yep. in case of emergency. Like, and if they if they were that concerned, there's no way they go into that game with two running backs. No way. Right. And I, now, I, and I, now I, they've I, signed I do not believe this week. It. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to broaden this out just a little bit, in short, we it's really, really difficult, and you really have to take it on a case-by-case basis, even with the players involved. And then in your particular situation, uh, given who, like even who you're up against that week in your fantasy league, if if you think you can afford to kind of gamble mm-hmm. a little bit, maybe that leads you in one direction on that starting decision. Or if you think you've really got to play this one conservatively, that leads you in a different one. I'll, I had a, kind of a similar situation last week with the late game. I had Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. Now they were saying Amari Cooper was going to be a game-time decision and then Sunday comes around. They say, "Yep, yeah, we kind of expect him to play. Should be should be good to go." Yeah. But then you look back at last week, and he had the David Johnson situation <laughs> yeah. last week, where he went out there for a few snaps and he was done for the day. I wound up given my situation. I was ahead enough in my game by the time that game rolled around, where I was just like, "You know what? 
I'm not going to waste my time with Amari Cooper. If he goes out there and quits after one play again, I don't want to deal with him. I'm just yeah. start Gallup and get my floor. And yeah. that's what I did. Turned out to be the wrong decision. Amari Cooper actually had over, game, over had 100 yards. Yeah. yeah. But I won the game anyway. It didn't cost yeah. me, but. Yeah, process-wise, it worked out exactly yeah. as you had played it out in your right. head. You knew that you had the floor with Gallup, and you didn't need the ceiling from Cooper. Right. That's not. I don't think right. that's a wrong. Even though Cooper scored more points, I don't think that's the. It's a wrong call, even in hindsight. Right. So, that's so, actionable. Right. Come on. How about give it up for? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Chili versus soup guy over here. Maj, do you have a what? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever the hell are you we've thinking? Had a right lot now. of. We've had a lot of good whatevers. Um. Mine's about the uh, like number I don't know twelve overall fantasy player this year. The Patriots defense special teams <laughs> are they that low? Really? <laughs> they they're they're actually the MVP of fantasy oh, football because you sure. got them in the you know, for sure um, one of the last rounds. So mine is uh, and I'm, I'm sort of posing this as a as a question to you guys as well. I have my own take on it, but do you shop the Patriots defense special teams <laughs> right now? Do you buy? Do you aggressively pursue the Patriots' defense special teams right now? So I'm, I, here's a few things I'm going to throw at you before answering that question. They started the year with you know a, a banged up Ben Roethlisberger against him, the Dolphins, Jets, Bills. Um, Josh Allen left that game midway through. Washington, Giants, Jets again. So that I don't know that you could draw up an easier schedule. Um, you know that fits the parameters of NFL scheduling policies. Um, <laughs> now it's Cleveland. Funny that that would happen in New England anyway. <laughs> Cleveland at Baltimore, by <clears throat> at Philly, Dallas at Houston, Kansas City. Now, hey, there are – I don't like them on their bye week. I, I don't like them on their bye week. And lastly, weeks 15 and 16, at Cincinnati – versus Buffalo. Fantasy playoffs, semifinals, and championship <laughs> is at Cincy versus Buffalo. So, uh, given that, how are, are you as if I want I want to hear an answer in both situations. One you're first? the owner, one you're wow. not the owner. Right. Yeah, go first. We'll go so I'm first. actually still in a few leagues that use team defense. Oh, so am I. <laughs> and uh, a lot of people are. I have the Patriots in one of those leagues. And I offer you Odell Beckham for I him had, today. What do I, you do? I had not thought about going out there and actively trying to sell them, but it's not a bad idea because you could probably get a hell of a lot for him. If you're in a situation where uh, you have a definite hole in your team that you need to plug, and there, and we always advocate streaming defenses, it's always a pretty damn good option. And I'll go pick up the Jets for crying out loud, which I actually did this week yeah. in advance of the Patriots being off in Week 10. Um, something to think about. If I was an owner in a league and somebody else had the Patriots team defense, I also don't see any problem with going after them in that situation. Seeing if, if yeah. again, if you're in that situation where let's say you have, you know, more wide receivers than you can use right now, and the Patriots owner has, they're they're lacking wide receivers. See what you can do. See yeah. if you can put together a deal. And, um, yeah, I wheel and deal, man. This Seldom do we get a situation where the, a team defense can be the centerpiece <laughs> in a fantasy football mega trade blockbuster. But well, and they're like, this is it. They're like almost double the number two fantasy defense in points scored right now. It oh, is yeah. ridiculous. 
Jimmy, yeah. do you want to weigh in on this before I get my opinion? I, I would like to because uh, Bo is uh, beautifully tap danced on on both sides of the issue. Reminded me of the uh, the great movie uh, was it White Nights with uh, Gregory Hines and uh, Mikhail Baryshnikov. You know what I watched yeah. for the first time ever this week? Uh, Tell point, me, point point break. Oh my gosh! Welcome to the club. Such, That's, a, oh, such a good movie. Excellent, Johnny Utah. Um, I'm I'm going on the trading places block and sell Mortimer Cell. Not not that I'm giving away the Patriots, but if you're like Bo and you can find someone that yeah. will overpay for the randomness of defense, and then you're going to run been out anything but random though. That's the thing. They've been yeah. automatic. They've been automatic against backup quarterbacks in the NFC East. And as Maj <laughs> spelled out, they do have that date with the Bengals coming up, and who knows what will be left on the Bengals at that point. But uh, I'd, I'd real advocate, Bengals. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, they'll head to the zoo and, and That'd grab. Be tough. I would not want to rush the passer against a real Bengal. I'll tell you that. You know, they'd probably get called for holding if they were playing the Packers, though. I, wow! But I'd I'd run out. It, it, Turn anything into a rep. <laughs> Green Bay joke. Did you see the Detroit <laughs> fan? Did you see the Detroit fan trying to hand the refs 150 bucks as they were going down the sideline? Oh god, that's great. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. If, if you can get them, and this might, you know, probably a little late to get them now because they're playing the Dolphins this week, but if you look at the Steelers' slate the rest of the way, um, they might be the trade the Patriots pick up the Steelers mm-hmm. because... Dolphins. Dolphins Do- this yeah, week. Dolphins this yeah. week. Uh, you've got uh, Colts, Raiders, Browns, Bengals, Browns, Cardinals, Bills, and in Week 16 Championship Week... Bengals? Nope. They'll be seeing Ghosts. The Yets. The Yets. So that's huh. that's my uh, sell Mortimer sell orange juice futures. I'm going uh, all in so, on. Uh, so in on the general, crop. sell them. And there's there are defenses out there. There are with, defenses. With the Steelers, the Jets, with easy cupcake schedules. Yes, sir. I, I'm I'm posing this question, but I don't want an answer yet. So I want to give my take first, so you can think about your there's answer. Been a lot of build. What is to, the to what is the um, I want to know the line, like who it is you are requiring in return to sell off the Patriots defense. Well, you think about that, my my take on this, I had I don't own them anywhere. Um, you know, I'm trying to decide do I, you know, do I go out and buy them? And I I don't think I do um, just because of the the cost um, being prohibitive as much as I love the idea of having the the New England defense for the fantasy playoffs. I, I don't know that I can part what it should take to get rid of them. Now, to, to, to go to the, the other side of that coin is you're the owner of the Patriots defense special team. You're probably 6-1, and 5-2 and two at worst because of the difference they have made for you unless you just completely royally screwed up your draft. You're probably sitting in a really good spot. And that means you can actually. I'm five and two take, in that league where I have the Patriots defense. That means that you, what what's about to be a downturn for the Patriots defense here in the next you know seven weeks. They're not going to score the way they've scored. They're just not. They, there's, it's no one has ever put up that kind of run as a defense special teams, and they're not going to do it based on these opponents. Not with that, that said, kind of attitude. No, certainly not. <laughs> that said, you don't need them to in order to be a playoff team at this point. You're in the driver's seat. You're likely yeah. in first or second, third at worst first. right now. Yeah. And and because of that, why not ride it out and then have that ace in the hole at defense special teams for the fantasy playoffs? Now, you might be in a situation where maybe you drafted 
Damian Williams and, uh, you know, name your, you know, Odell Beckham, name your guys who've busted mm-hmm. and you've got spots to fill, <clears throat> in which case you might not be 5-2 and two or whatever. And, and, and in those cases, the Patriots are probably your best asset. And those are cases where I would be more aggressive. But if I'm a typical defense special teams Patriots owner, I'm asking for literally top 10 overall fantasy running backs or wide receivers. Yeah. That's what I would, in the league in which I have the Patriots, I would, I want a running like back one Elvin or, a wide, or a wide receiver one in return in that deal. That's, ag- that's aggressive. I, I well, think I'd, I'd settle for a little I've bit less. But yeah, what would you, come at what me. would you settle? Yeah, that's what I want to know. What would you? Uh, it depends on, on what my roster looks I'm like. I'm not I, motivated to move them. I've got two gaps to fill, and they give me reasonable, you know, an, an RB2 and a mm-hmm. wide receiver 2, and I, I, you know, I've so, lost uh, some starters yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I, I'm, I'm trading them for one stud or two every two week every starters. Week starters. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, and I it think, would be an unprecedented <laughs> trade to trade a team defense for a running back one. But oh, I don't know. I'm in some you, leagues you, you with can, people that well, okay. And, we can, and at least make in that some work. of the industry yes. leagues that we play in. <laughs> I, I feel like Tuvi's take is totally fair. If you're in a situation where you have holes to fill, but even if you're if you're in a spot where you've got reasonable, like good, not great, like guys you're happy with, then I don't. I'm not a. Aggra- I'm not trying to make minor upgrades at those positions. Right. Um, right. Let's say Carryon Johnson was your your RB two, and you just lost him for the year. You missed out on the Ty Johnson bidding. Yeah. You've got the Patriots defense. You can get what can you get? Carlos Hyde is that enough? Carlos no. Hyde and nope. nope. Uh, Tevin Coleman, Devontae mm. Freeman, hard pass. Gosh, I. Uh, Aaron, it's going to depend Aaron on Jones. what's on waivers, but Aaron I mean, Jones Aaron would make Jones me think about in, it. into the conversation. Okay. Maybe I okay. feel like Aaron Jones is a sell high right now, personally, but. Um, I didn't yeah, I think you're getting. Packers. I already bashed him once. But. I think you're. I mean, I think you're getting in the ballpark there at least. Okay. Um, but yeah, even gosh, I, I Dalvin Cook done. Yeah. Dalvin <laughs> Cook, there you go. <laughs> well, because I don't. And it's not like you just go find the the one team and you make that trade and you're done. This is I. I if, if I'm shopping them, I'm I'm playing other teams off of each other. Like, you know, Team X is offering me Aaron Jones. Are you going to beat Aaron Jones? You know, right. and and I'm asking multiple teams that because this is not a this is not a situation to settle. I mean, Chris Carson, Josh Jacobs, those are the types of guys I'm at. Maybe James Conner. Um, what about Le'Veon Bell? Le'Ve- yeah, Le'Veon Bell. Buying I'd, low on Le'Veon Bell and selling sure. high in the Patriots defense. Yep. That's kind of that's kind of the neighborhood I'm in. That's some actionable stuff I, right there. I would, I would think about that deal. Fantasy draft. Uh, well, Tuvi was just talking about his uh, his dalliances in the hockey arenas uh, on fantasy draft, and of course, uh, you've got NBA happening now. You've got hockey. This is like the, the just DFS ran a free roll for for NBA. So yeah. get, get on board, get signed up. Th- this is prime time for. Uh, for you DFSers out there over at Fantasy Draft, there is something going on every night of the week now. It is just lovely. I am very much enjoying playing over at Rake Free Fantasy Draft. And, of course, they've got the Hooters main event still going on. I think, what is it, 50 grand for a top prize? 50 grand top yeah. prize. Ooh, 350 pr- uh, pr- And this is the pool. place where you can use the code FFParty. Party, yes. FFParty. For that, free. That gives you free seven days, seven-day trial, so you can experience what Rake Free 
DFS feels like. And if you haven't done it up to this point, I mean, like I said, hockey, basketball, now, I mean, talk about getting banged for your not spending a buck. Uh, right. This is absolutely the time to go in there and uh, experience uh, all of the benefits of your rake-free fantasy DFS play over at FantasyDraft.com. You'll find all three of us playing, hanging out in the lobbies, playing there. Even uh, I, I did you guys see? Even this week, I got my fifty or my head-to-heads in a day earlier than usual. Nice. I did see that. How about that? I'm nice at least going to win two dollars this week. Go me. <laughs> yes. All right. So check them out. FantasyDraft.com. Code FF Party. Let's talk fifty-fifty. These guys are owned in fifty percent or less of fantasy leagues. Next, John, Anthony, and Bo will discuss whether they're high-value acquisitions or not worth the risk. Sixty percent of the time, it works. Every time. It's time for 50-50 on the Fantasy Football Party Podcast. Uh, Tuvi, I think, had first pick this week. He did. So uh, why don't you begin? Well, we weren't going to talk about how great we were last week. Oh, yeah. The exception of... uh, No, you're right. We killed it it last week. We did do really well last week. And, hey, you know what? Eric Ebron, excellent Thank you. Touchdown catch. Wow. Excellent. That's got to hurt. Now, My hey. Jacoby Brissett to Eric Ebron stack did you, in 50 Did you see his week. very Ebron-like drop like five minutes later? Oh, yeah. He <laughs> could be a linebacker. Nope. Hey, they don't, you don't get minus one for drops. Nope. But even, you, you get the you know PPR. You got a lot of points for that. Even uh, Corey Davis stepped up for Bo. He did. Yeah, we baked those drops into his value. So we know <laughs> that they're going to be part of it, you know. We're, we're just looking for the touchdowns. And we've already touched yeah, on Tavon Austin last week. Did you really? score for crying out Thank you for putting that on there. I, yeah. yeah. We touched on the worst, which, uh, as we learned, kids, don't stack a passing game in a monsoon. <laughs> but, yes, I, or I start a thank you. land Don't war start a land war in Asia. Asia. Yeah. No, or or go against either. a Sicilian when death is on the line. Um, I did not make uh, Teddy Two Gloves my first pick, but I did have the first pick, and ultimately I ended up with Teddy Bridgewater against the Cardinals as my quarterback, $11,000. He's the number 15 projected quarterback on Fantasy dra- uh, Fantasy Labs, 11000 on Fantasy Draft. The Cardinals are allowing the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks, and they haven't allowed a quarterback rushing touchdown, so that's all through the air. And we know that uh, Teddy on that uh, surgically repaired knee running, not his forte, He's got nine touchdowns and five starts. Two of them were against top six pass defenses. So I like Teddy Two Gloves this week. He's no Danny Dimes. <laughs> or, or, <laughs> who looked terrible against the Cardinals last week. Uh, this is, of course, do you have a quarterback in mind to pivot to if uh, Drew Brees plays? I'm sure I could come up with one. I, it, prob- right. it probably would be Ryan Tannehill because my de- yeah. that'll tip off my yeah. defense going right. forward. That's fair. Bo, do you want to go next? Yeah, I have Mason Rudolph, who I actually um, – this gives me a reason to watch Monday Night Football between the Steelers and the Dolphins. I have Lamar Jackson, who's on a bye, and Patrick Mahomes as my two quarterbacks in my FanX Industry League, the league in which I have the Patriots defense. And uh, I picked up Mason Rudolph as Mahomes was being helped off the field last Thursday night <laughs> into the tunnel before anybody else could go out and, and, and grab him. Uh, not a great DFS option, but certainly an option against Miami. For those who have Mahomes and Jackson or even Matt Ryan or Drew Brees or Dak Prescott, who's on yeah. by this week. So uh, Mason Rudolph still uh, available in um, almost 90% of ESPN leagues. Yeah. Smart going to get him. And, I, I mean, you got to give the Monday night, you got to give Tess and Book credit because all they're doing is making more and more people switch to the ESPN Deportes broadcast, and we're all learning our Spanish 
that, you know, it's good to broaden our horizon. So thank you to. There's this thing called a mute button that I use often. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, quite the comedy show sometimes there. Uh, I'm going with, uh, well, he's becoming a uh, 50-50 constant. Gardner Minshew versus uh, the New Uh, York Jets. Gardner. Beowulf. Beowulf, Beowulf. sorry. Minshew the third. Yeah. Well, I had to do the constant Gardner thing. Okay, gotcha. Thanks he's, a lot for he, ruining it. He's owned in how many? 50, exactly. exactly. 50.0% of uh, league, so we got to use him. Uh, 10,900 on Fantasy Draft. He's uh, only quarterback 14, according to value, the value chart on the uh, cash model over at Fantasy Labs. Jets have actually given up the ninth fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks, so I'm not really expecting a huge ceiling here. However, prior to the Jets giving up the huge Sony Michelle game, they, they were not doing well against the run um, either. Uh, you know, it's like, the, or they were, excuse me, they were doing well against the run prior to that. Um, in Jacksonville, they, they have struggled to, to score on the ground. I mean, heck, the Bengals stuffed Leonard Fournette at the goal line last week of all teams. So, yeah. um, you know, I'm not expecting a Brady-like output against the Jets, uh, you know, that low because he didn't have to do anything. Um, you know, I, I, I think that Minshew kind of takes a step forward from where he's been these last couple weeks. He's averaging just 209 passing yards in his last two, one combined touchdown pass in those games. But in his last three, he's actually scrambled 18 times for 91 yards. He's not being shy about uh, getting himself out of trouble. Yeah. So I think there's a little bit of rushing floor here. And, uh, you know, like I said, uh, uh, this, is, this is not a huge ceiling spot. I'm not excited for, like, a huge blow-up game here. But I think 250 and two touchdowns is uh, more than reasonable out of uh, Beowulf this week. And he's got the mustache. He does still have that. I took advantage of the uh, tweak to our rules, and I'm going with a, uh, I guess this would be an 11 formation, right? One one back, one tight end. Yep. So I'm going with uh, Giovanni Bernard against the Rams, $8,100 on Fantasy Draft, RB43 projections according to Fantasy Labs. Part of it is because Joe Mixon's been just awful the last two games. 43 yards on 21 touches the last two games. The Bengals have not scored a rushing touchdown since week 15 of last year. Say so, that one more time. Week 15 of 2018. Was the, la- the last time the Bengals running backs. <laughs> Bengals, maybe Andy Dalton snuck in a, wow. a touchdown there. But no running back rushing touchdown since week 15 of 2018. That's pathetic. And if they can't run, why not go with a pass catching back? It's not a super matchup. It's not... Like it's in I'm London. Ex- expect, well, that's, that always helps because Giovanni is a European name. So yeah. <laughs> there's yet another reason why I like Giovanni Bernard this week. Named after a famous grenadier at Buckingham Palace, I think. I'm sure. I don't even not. know what that means. Yeah. We're up to at least a dozen false things. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you done? Yeah, just, only one running back. One run. only okay. one. I, I have three running backs this week because two we left Bonus all bow. of them for me this week. And my first one is yet another reason to watch Monday Night Football. Mark Walton of the Dolphins going up against the Steelers. Uh, no DFS investment here, but I have uh, some shares of him playing this week. I actually invested in Mark Walton in almost every league of mine uh, over the past two, three weeks. I'm anticipating this uh, Kenyon Drake trade here at the trade deadline. Mark Walton is already almost borderline their starter. He had... Uh, 14, He's getting uh, more work, yeah. 14 carries last week. He's been catching a lot of passes. Uh, by this time next week, he might be there on question number one running back. Again, it's Miami. I get it. But opportunity's got to be worth something. Uh, my second running back, speaking of opportunity, Alexander Madison, who I think is going to have 
opportunity this week on Thursday Night Football in a game that doesn't look very even on paper. It's a Thursday Night Football game mm-hmm. where weird stuff usually happens, but the Redskins are awful. They're bad. And the Vikings at home have been winning lopsided games uh, mm-hmm. at home. So I could see some second-half uh uh, Cook, Delvin Cook resting on the bench, sipping a Gatorade, and Alexander Madison getting some run. He's looked really good this year. Maybe not a great DFS guy, uh, but in, for something like this, I'll definitely take him. Daryl Henderson is my third running back uh, going up against the Bengals, who we mentioned maybe the worst run defense in the league, even though they found a way to stuff uh, <laughs> stuff Fournette at the, mm-hmm. at the goal line last week. They're just awful against the run. Now, Henderson finally got involved with 11 carries in their lopsided win over the Falcons last week. Could we see a similar game script this week with the Rams blowing up against the Bengals? I think so. And with Todd Gurley and Malcolm Brown both kind of nursing injuries, we could see Daryl Henderson getting double-digit touches again. Are you just as excited for Henderson if, if Brown does get back in action here this week? Or are you a little more leery of, of him if, if Malcolm Brown does play? You know, well, if Brown plays, you got it kind of – damps down yeah. the, the expectations a little bit but mm-hmm. you know we're halfway through the season now with Daryl Henderson's rookie seasons they've seen what they have and and Malcolm Brown and mm-hmm. you know he's been the handcuff but he's not been impressive and Daryl Henderson showed a little but, juice, yeah. showed a little juice last week he so did. see what he can do all right uh, I'm going uh, I've got the the standard two running back set up here JD McKissick for uh, going against the New York Giants 7,700 on Fantasy Draft. Uh, Fantasy Labs has him as the twenty number 21 value. Um, I mean, we've talked Ty Johnson. He was definitely the main replacement for carry-on uh, in Detroit. But McKissick looked just as good, if not better, uh, honestly. Uh, got fewer opportunities. He did turn eight opportunities into 60 combo yards, so five carries, three targets, two catches. I mean, we just talked plenty about Chase Edmonds shredding the Giants. Um they're allowing the fifth most fantasy points to running back, so I think there's a chance both Johnson and McKissick can be valuable fantasy plays this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going with uh, Ronald Jones at Tennessee, also 7,700. Fantasy Labs has him down at the 23 running back. Not really, um, not really a DFS option for me. And fr- frankly, with McKissick, you know, I could see him as a tournament flyer uh, if you're playing a ton of lineups. But uh, otherwise, not that much in him there either. Anyway, Tennessee mid mid pack and fantasy points allowed to running backs. Really, the the pendulum swings for for Ronald Jones based on game flow. Whereas Peyton Barber, Peyton Barber is just getting his eight or nine touches, you know, regardless of what's happening. Jones, if it's close, is getting some work. Uh, you know, if, if if they're behind, he's really not. I don't think Tennessee runs away with this. Uh, and as as awesome as Ryan Tannehill was last week, I don't think they're putting up a ton really of points. Good. He hey looked better than Martin Mariota did. So I expect double digit touches for for Jones in this one. Tuvi's got a lot of receivers. Bring on the wide receivers. This was uh, this was my strategy. I went heavy on receivers, got four of them. Talked about uh, Will Fuller's injury a little earlier, so I'm going Kenny Stills against the Raiders, $9,900 on Fantasy Draft. Wide receiver 25 straight up in the projections on Fantasy Labs. So he's a, a borderline number two wide receiver in Fantasy Leagues this week. I love that price tag. The Raiders have allowed the second most fantasy points per game to wide receivers. After Fuller went out, Stills had four catches for 105 yards last week. And, uh, Maj, if you have that clip of me saying 
oh, I don't know, four or five weeks ago when we were talking <laughs> Kenny Stills. Yeah. When Will Fuller gets hurt, Kenny mm. Stills is the guy. So I made him the number one overall pick in this draft. I'm smart. That was smart. I, I believe right we did flag you. that. Yeah. Yes. In that thank podcast. you. Yes. Thank you. Um, followed that up with uh, Ola B.C. Johnson on Thursday night against Washington. I really wanted B.C. Johnson in 50-50 this week. Only four teams have allowed more wide receiver touchdowns than the uh, 10 that, that uh, Washington has given up. He's 6000 He's He's toaster-priced uh, on, on Fantasy Draft and uh, wide receiver 46 in the Fantasy Labs projections. He had eight targets, the exact same number as Stefan Diggs without uh, Thielen last week, so... Ola B.C. Johnson's in my lineup. I'm also going with a guy that scored in three straight games. And when you can do that on a team as bad as the Dolphins, you're doing something right. $9,600 for Devontae mm-hmm. Parker against the Steelers. Fantasy Labs has him as wide receiver 56. I, you don't mess with the streak. Uh, also, the Rose. No, Rose right into it, man. The Rose goes in front, big fella. So, I, have, I, I actually have B.C. Johnson in one of my lineups. Nice. Redraft lineups this I, week. I, <laughs> I don't know why you wouldn't. I'm up. And uh, my fourth receiver in lieu of uh, that running back spot, my, my double flex, receivers. Danny Amendola against the Giants, $8,000. He's wide receiver 60 on Fantasy Labs. The Giants have allowed the fourth most wide receiver yards this year and uh, 11 targets last week for Amendola. I think he kind of becomes the ground game a little bit, the short pass uh, with Matthew Stafford. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you saw a little bit of that last week when Carrion Johnson Definitely. went out. Yeah. I think that carries over to this week. So Danny Amendola rounds out my four wide. Did you? Do you feel like a little special uh, extra happiness when Marvin Jones scores four touchdowns, just being that he's your your I, all-time take a chance on me? I do. Like, I do have a, an unnatural attachment to Marvin Jones, <laughs> even against the Vikings. Um, I believe the first Lion to score four touchdowns since Cloyce Box did it back in 1950. Since who? Cloyce Box. Huh. Who so this, Box now, did it. Now, here's, you'll never hear this on any other podcast. Yeah, Cloyce, I, I'm sure we won't. Cloyce Box <laughs> went on to become an oil man, and his ranch was used for the first season of Dallas. I knew he'd get it in on the show. Yeah. And, by the way, you set me up very well, by narrator... The way. All of that is true. That, yeah. I, I know <laughs> for once. 89% of what I spew on this show all is of that flat out is lies. True. That is factual. It's, it's actually narrator long pause. <laughs> huh, this checks out. <laughs> it says so right there on Wikipedia. It must be true. All right, Bo. All right, I only have two wide receivers, so I'll make this fast. Auden Tate. Another reason to watch Monday Night Football. No, you. wait, no, wait. No, he's that's, in London. That's Deontay Johnson. That's my gonna, other wide receiver. Yeah, talk he's, Auden Tate first. Auden Tate's averaging about eight targets per game. He's he's in London. He does great in London. Um, and <laughs> Hashtag analysis. <laughs> and then Deontay Johnson's my other guy. Another reason to watch Monday dumbass. Monday night football. Watching the, the Dolphins, you dumbass. He's, he's my stack with uh, Mason Rudolph, Deontay Johnson. Right. Uh, I'm going to use A.J. Brown going against Tampa Bay, 8,100. On Fantasy Draft, uh, Fantasy Labs actually has him way up at wide receiver 15, so easily a wide receiver, too, this week. Um, look, Tampa's is bad against the passes. They are good against the run, giving up the second-most fantasy points to wide receivers this year. And, you know, people are uh, real excited about Corey Davis's Week 7 and, uh, you know, this uh, chemistry developing between Davis and Tannehill. Hell yeah. But A.J. Brown's the more talented receiver between the two. Come on. And he saw a career-high eight targets last week, which happens to be one more than Corey Davis saw. Uh, I think, you know, not only is Brown just a good play anyway, 
I think he's a really good leverage play if you're stacking, if you're game stacking this, because anyone who is going to roll the dice on a Ryan Tannehill and DFS is going to stack him nine times out of ten, I'm guessing, with Corey Davis. So that just that makes Brown that much better of a play. Why don't uh, you marry him? Jeez. Uh, I think I'll just drop him three <laughs> weeks ago in my dynasty league, in our dynasty league. Um, also, 8,100 uh, is Kiki Kute going against Oakland. Uh, you know, ba- basically echo all the things Tuvi said about facing that Poor man's defense. Kenny Stills. Poor, well, really is. Kenny Stills is much better because he's the downfield weapon. Kute is the, you know, low A dot, rack up the catches, probably not going to get you big scores. So the lower ceiling, more of a PPR type play, I will take – Kenny Stills 10 times out of 10 over Kiki Kute, but I do think that there is a place in the uh, fantasy pantheon for fantasy universe. For and to be already had taken Kenny yeah. Stills. And you so didn't really you have much of a choice. So. Right. right. Uh, and then uh, another actually similar um, type in terms of what he can do from a production standpoint, Alex Erickson going against the Rams, 7,300, but only uh, wide receiver 42 according to Fantasy Labs over at Fantasy Draft. Uh, Look, Alex Erickson, he's not going to stay relevant for long here, but he had six targets two weeks ago, 14 of them last week. Bengals are going to continue to throw him the ball, and Dalton doesn't have time to go deep. He's just getting his, you know, that offensive line is just, here you go. Here's Andy Dalton. Go, go get him. Um, you know, so he, I, I do think there's a chance he's peppered with opportunities again in this one. Doobie. I'll go with uh, Eric Ebron as my tight end in a shocking, shocking move. I like a guy that's had at least four targets in five straight games and a touchdown in three of those five. And when I only have to pay $6,600 for him on Fantasy Draft, and he's the number 14 tight end in Fantasy Labs, ladies and gentlemen, that is a tight end bargain right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, my tight end will be Kyle Rudolph. Vikings going up against the Washington Ooh, Races team. Name. Another reason to watch Monday. Oh, no. Nope. Thursday night, prime time special here. Uh, can I draft team tight end? No, but you can get <laughs> another guy. I was going to say, Irv Smith was probably the guy uh, I was going to take uh, next. If you over, win, you should celebrate Kyle. at Rudolph's. Is that still around? Really? Rudolph's old barbecue place? Oh, I think it's still around. Feels right. Uh, no, you know what? I think it did close now that it now Anyways, that the Vikings found the, the page in their playbook that had the Kyle Rudolph in the end zone and pass it to him. <laughs> that section. And. They that worked for him last week, and uh, no Adam Thielen, uh, vulturing end zone, uh, red zone looks this week. So Kyle Rudolph moves up a notch on the red zone target list. Uh, looking for a very touchdown dependent Kyle Rudolph to score again against yeah. the Washington Races team names. Rudolph's is not uh, still still open. Sorry to say, uh, where but Kyle Rudolph is wide open in the end zone sometimes. Uh, I'm going. Uh, I'm going back to the Dallas Goddard well uh, at Buffalo. A uh, little more degree of difficulty here, but at 5,500 at Fantasy Draft, Fantasy Labs actually has him as tight end 12. Uh, his usage last week, honestly, it wasn't as high as I thought it was going to be, but was still efficient. He went four for four, uh, scored a touchdown. Look, the Bills have been stingy against tight ends, but you know, they haven't really faced much besides Evan Ingram, and that's back when he was getting balls from uh, their backup, whoever that guy was we talked about earlier uh eli i think it was his name eli manning so um until deshaun jackson gets back you know dallas goddard is this fringe tight end one despite zach Ertz's presence to the point where if you have room on your team and even if you're not going to stream him this week dallas goddard is one of the more worthwhile bench stashes because he's an easy bye week fill-in for you 
He had 69 yards last week, which is nice. nice. And if if Zach Ertz, right now him and Ertz are kind of cannibalizing each other from being a top, you know, three tight end. If one of those guys goes for you know injury, or I don't think anyone's getting traded, but somebody gets hurt, and that's somebody being Ertz in this case. Dallas Goddard is a uh, every week starter. All right, kicker defense. Yeah, let's do that. I'm going with Dan Bailey as my kicker. The Vikings have the third highest implied total, which is 29. Now, I did the math on this. It was very impressive. By my count, that's five field goals and two touchdowns. <laughs> Hang on. That doesn't leave you a touchdown for B.C. Johnson. <laughs> no, two for B.C. Johnson and then Bailey. There would be no math. Five, so 17 Carry points. the one. Plus, it's an inside game, and you don't have to worry about the monsoon like we had in D.C. last week. My defense, and this will... Uh, if we uh, go back to Ryan Tannehill, if Teddy Two Gloves is not uh, the starter, if Drew Brees comes back, I'm still going with the Buccaneers' defense against Tennessee. They are the low, low. This is maybe the lowest price I've ever seen on Fantasy Draft. You get a toaster, Negative. you get a blender, and they give you a $200 gift certificate for $4,900 in Fantasy Draft. Nope. He's the number 11. De- or the Buccaneers are the number 11 <laughs> defense. Lies. The Titans have allowed the most sacks. In the NFL, so there's one area your Bucks can pick yeah. up points. The Bucks are tied for second with two defensive touchdowns this year. There's another way the Bucks can get your defensive points. And you told me you could start a defense against Ryan Tannehill at the start of the season. Yeah. I would have said sign me up. So for forty nine hundred dollars, I'm doing just that this week. All right, Bowie. All right, thus ensuring that I own the most shares of players involved in Monday Night Steelers <laughs> Dolphins game. <laughs> Going with Chris Boswell, the Steelers kicker, going against the Dolphins. Not sure this is the best hill to be the king of, but whatever. It's the anti-Dolphins stack that I'm going with this week. Chris Boswell. And then my defense. I wanted the Colts defense. Tubi sniped me. And the Colts. No, Maj, I, Maj, I, I actually sniped Maj, you did you? All right. Wait, Maj, wait a moment. I, I just mowed your line. So Maj took the Colts defense, who did really well for me last week. Anyways, I wound up with the Lions Defense. They're Fantasy Labs number nine team defense value for fantasy draft this week. Uh, solid value. And they're at home against, to bring it full circle, they're at home against Danny Disappointment <laughs> this week. Lions are a little banged up on defense, but even against Danny Disappointment, I think uh, they should get some points. I do have the Colts D, as uh, Bo pointed oh, you out, did? going against the Broncos. 5,300 Fantasy Labs has them as the number four defense special teams value over Fantasy Draft this week. Denver just traded Emmanuel Sanders, as we talked about. Indy D was great against Houston with Darius Leonard back last week. I think yes, that they'll they have, uh, I think they'll have uh, even more success going against a much worse offense. Broncos allowing the 10th most fantasy points to defense special teams this season. Um, I was very conflicted at kicker here. And, you know, this is a one-week thing, and to be honest with you, I think Mike Nugent's the better play this week, and he is available in plenty of leagues. But I took Joey Sly at San Francisco. Because I didn't. Because you didn't. Um, I totally thought you were going to. I was very shocked you didn't. Um, I'll I, trade you Chris Boswell and the Lions defense for Sly <laughs> and the Colts defense. The uh, kickers have one point combined against the 49ers the last three weeks. Um, not great. Uh, That's not great, Bob. The the high water mark against San Francisco is just nine this year, but they I mean, haven't faced a guy like Joey Sly. They they have not. Carolina's shown they can move the ball, and they'll they're happy to stall out plenty of times. So uh, <laughs> I think that Joey Sly could uh, you know put a put a nick in the armor here 
for San Francisco. <laughs> you make um, it sound like they're just, you know, we're good. We're just going to stop now. Stop. You know, we got this sly guy. We're going to let him do the rest. Um, but, no, San Francisco's got it. It's first down. No, we're, <laughs> we're fine. Thank you, but no. Um, no, San Francisco's got a good defensive front, and I, I do think that they a few drives could stall out. Like, you know, you, you make me pick a guy for only this week, I'd probably do take Nugent, but the – New England kickers don't have a double-digit point game this year. Um, that's pretty much all Joey Sly has. So, like, for the rest of the season, yeah. if I'm just picking up a kicker now that I can ride the rest of the way because he just had his bye, it's Joey, Joey Sly is the guy. I'm not going to lie. Okay, bye. That's nice. a nice try. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, new new season high, by the way. Anybody want to guess where we're at? A minute and, and hour and a half. An hour and nine minutes. No, hour 18 and counting so oh. far. Throw in the intro and we're even more than that. So we should probably wrap this up, huh? All right. I'll Two, two's got to eat his burger. I, t- I told you I'd house mine well before. I, I'm impressed. 50. See, I prefer to eat chips on the air because they're much less subtle. I, I, I <laughs> eat those, too. <laughs> well, uh, we want to thank our sponsors, of course, Fantasy Draft. Make sure you're heading over there and using that code FFPARTY to get that seven-day free trial. 10 off, one zero off at Fantasy Labs to get $10 off a trial membership there. And, of course, every Wednesday... 7.30 p.m., Burnsville, JL Beers. Come out and join us. Enjoy uh, the delicious food. Watch Tuvi not eat his burger for a while <laughs> while you eat your burger, and I eat mine. Uh, it's, it's good stuff. So I uh, hope to see you here. Uh, regardless, though, we wish you best of luck in your uh, Week 8 DFS and Fantasy Football Ventures. We'll catch you in Week 9.